leader. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. All right. Happy Monday, cutie pies. Today we're chatting about restaurants who deny serving you food. It's odd. I don't want to say it's a trend. We've seen it on one account and I'm hoping we won't make it to two. Here we go. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. Miss Frumini, can you tell me if you've ever, ever, ever in your whole entire life and in your experience of dining out extensively, have you been to a restaurant that's denied you ordering more food? Not because the kitchen is closed, not because it is too late, not because there's like a cap. Just like you try to order food and they've said no. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> Uh, no. I'm trying to rack my brain for this experience. And truly, unless the kitchen is closing or the item isn't in season or in stock or avail, totally understand. But apparently there are other examples that fall outside of this range. Here's a TikTok from creator Super Desi Drinks. So we went to this like Turkish Greek restaurant in Inverness where we were staying. There's four of us, so two of us decide to get like actual mains, and then the other two decide that they want to like share a meze platter as their like food. So you know, dolma, spanakopita, hummus. So the waiter comes over, takes our orders, and at the end of it, he's like, that's all, right? And we're like, yep, that's all we're ordering. And he's like, okay, because like, that's all, right? And in our head, we're like, yeah, we know it doesn't seem like a lot of food, but like, that's all we're ordering. Also, this waiter is very clearly the owner of the restaurant. Like, he's dressed differently. He's an older gentleman. We're eating our food. We're having a great time. And then my two friends who had the messy platter are still hungry. And they really like the hummus and the spanakopita. So they decide that they want to order another order of that. So the waiter comes over and they ask, oh, can we order another order of hummus and another order of spanakopita? You would have thought that we just asked the owner of this restaurant to bend time and space for us. He's like, impossible. No way. I'm so sorry. I can't do it. And then he's like, this is exactly why I asked you if this was everything you wanted. And he was like, well, that's why I asked at the beginning. You have to order everything at once. I mean. But why? <laughs> so I checked the comments because I'm thinking, am I just like, is this a cultural thing that I'm unaware of? Because we don't want to be culturally insensitive. Said so that he was in Greece. I was like, okay, maybe it's a cultural thing. Went to the comments. They were like, oh, so everyone's scared of chefs. Doesn't matter what country you're from. I said, do chefs hold that much fear oh, in people? as in the owner is scared of the, the chef. The owner is scared of the chef. Oh. Because when you think about the logistics, and I'm not sure a lot of people think about how their food is actually made back there. Never. Never. I know there are a lot of like chain restaurants in Sydney that do frozen food and just reheat it. Like Rache's in Sydney does that. The guy who owns it is always on TikTok and he's like, you know, people won't show you this, but this is the reality. You think we can make mashed potatoes scratch one serving? No, it's frozen or whatever. Thank you for that. Thank you, King. But realistically, let's say you're going to order some spanakopita. You can't just order your one serving. He's going to make some more fresh. We just ordered like Pinocchio in the bloody workshop. Going to roll all of it again because now you... I get what the chef is saying, but also, like, can you really have a restaurant that isn't tailoring (laughs) people needing to eat more than you anticipated? It is This owner's losing out on on real revenue because he's scared that his chef is going to have the shits. I need to know if this has happened in Australia. Please. Because I think the cultural context from here will help us know whether this is, like deranged or quite normal I also feel as though I had this experience in Ghana quite a bit when I took my best friend there who is Australian we went to a lot of just restaurants just like to suss it out and I guess we're in a touristy area so a lot of these restaurants were offering like western food right so pizza pasta chips whatever perhaps an egg 
I'm getting to oh, this. Oh, sorry, This sorry. is where I'm getting. Your intuition's popping. So basically we walk into this cafe. She's like, here's the menu. What would you guys like? We're like, okay, could we please get um, uh, like a migo ring with egg on top? She was like, okay, cool. This chick is like, okay, I'm going to be back. I'm going to go buy an egg. So she leaves the store, goes to the convenience store or the grocery next door to buy a single egg to come back and cook it for the migoreng. Because they're not going to keep stock there that's going to go to waste if no one's going to eat in the restaurant. But the majority of restaurants you'll go to, especially in Accra in like that tourism area, the menus are honestly just guidelines and suggestions because nine times out of ten, they won't have anything that's on the menu. It'll get to the point where you have to ask, what do you have? And they'll say, <laughs> mm, well, we've got maybe some chicken breast and like we could probably do like that's what you're that's what you're working with. It's essentially a seasonal, a seasonal <laughs> experience. <laughs> it's farm to table. It's farm to table. <laughs> Does your phone battery affect your DD Uber Ooh. ride share price? That is the question we're answering today on Flex and Frooms. I want to start by saying this is just speculation. Uh, it is potentially a rumour. I'm going to put in all sorts of allegedly, and I understand what defamation is. <laughs> so people have raced to the internet to speculate about this claim. Many have shared their own personal experiences with it. As Frumi says, it's conjecture. Yes. We Is it correlation, causation, whatever? And the reason why it started is because one person took to Twitter with a photo of two phones and said, oh my goodness, they're both going to the same place at the same time. Why is one so much more expensive than the other? Somebody quote tweeted and said, the phone on the left has lower battery than the phone on the right. Bolt, Uber, Didi, other rideshare services do this and they raise their prices relative to your battery level in brackets. Yes, they can do that and they do. Now, I can be quite naive to what corporations will do to make a quick buck. It's quite genius if you think about it. Fantastic. Like in the crisis, search it. Please. Because we're going to pay it. Right. Anyway, so then a bunch of different uh, platforms and articles and whatever did their own experiments and concluded that it's not actually true and they don't know why that happened in that instance. But the rumour started. Here we are also furthering that that (laughs) rumour. But Uber did come out and say that it doesn't take into consideration the phone's battery level to determine or calculate the price of a trip and the dynamic pricing applied to trips booked via Uber is determined by the existing demand for rides and the supply of drivers who can respond to it. So like surge pricing, supply, demand, whatever, whatever, whatever. Now that they know though that people are speculating, let's just do it. I say so. This is 100%. (laughs) Plausible deniability? Is that... (laughs) And if you happen to go to court, we'll defend you. 100%. (laughs) Last week, I came on air with a simple PSA, and that was that I'm seeing the term partner be thrown about. I refer to this in a romantic capacity, so you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, someone with whom you are romantically intertwinked. (laughs) No, you got it. Okay. And I noticed that when I'm having quite a few conversations with my straight brethren, Mm -hmm. they are referring to their boyfriend or girlfriend as partner. Mm -hmm. And I have then been thinking, are they part of the LGBTQI community? Yeah. Giving them the benefit of the doubt. Of course. And I'm wondering, is there some clout associated with that? Perhaps some of us have been guilty of erring on the line of will they, won't they? Mm. And really playing into that for the social life. Perhaps someone was saying in the comments for social clout. Yeah. Not my words. And we got some really hectic 
Are they hectic? No, because I don't impassioned, think it's impassioned. very impassioned responses. It is fair to say that, of course, the video was a snippet of a longer conversation in which we did discuss that some people use the term partner because they think that boyfriend and girlfriend is perhaps a bit juvenile for their demographic and their age or to be inclusive uh, or to use more like appropriate language. We heard all of that. Yes. Definitely threw that in the conversation and decided to, dis- to discard it <laughs> in favour of what Frumi was saying. <laughs> I ate. <laughs> and unfortunately, you asked me to follow up is making me stutter because I am, I hate, I hate having to repeat myself, guys. What I will say though, as but an observer for that conversation, I was, uh, I was a member of the audience for that play the one. Tape, play the tape, <laughs> and I was happy to be there. You can find the video on Frooms's Instagram, F R Triple O M E S. And what I will say is that I was very surprised by how many straight people were very defensive about their use of partner and also the lengths people were going to and the paragraphs they were writing to try and justify it. We've talked about many a serious topic on this show (laughs) and I can't imagine a more ludicrous, humorous video than the one that we posted and yet people were still so defensive. So, But I think the point stands... It's not good or bad behaviour, yes. but it's good to be aware of what you think you're doing when you're making the conscious choice to use ambiguous language to describe something that is quite clear. <laughs> and, like, honestly, I also feel like I have skin in the game to say this because I'm definitely – I have definitely been guilty of the partner trope. Oh, that's how you know. I this did is it, your community. I must say I did it when I was younger. I've since grown. And as I said, always in the market for a partner. Oh. oh, there it is. <laughs> There it is. But as we said, will they, won't they? Could she be part of the umbrella? What I will say as a representative of the audience, I do have a feeling that Frumi will take this back in due time. (laughs) I feel like we should give our our king space to express herself. But I do think this is one of those things that give it about three to six months and some some time time in the battlefield. (laughs) And she'll come to know that partner is the only word that we all have. Mickey, any thoughts? You can call your boyfriend, your significant <laughs> other, your man toy, whatever you want. Man toy, <laughs> your toy. You know, um, there's no hate, only love. <laughs> <laughs> what are you calling, Josh? Justin. Josh. Josh. Oh my god! Imagine. So imagine. every time she says she's bad with names, and I think it's a cop out until she does things like this. I so only, Justin. I'm team boyfriend. Okay. Oh yeah, thank you, Mickey. I'll never call him partner. That's because me and Mickey are the same person. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Still waiting for the day that I can actually call in six, so Mickey can just take my place. <laughs> And that'll be the last day you come in. That's <laughs> <laughs> a kiss of death in radio. Here's what it is. Fru-mendo, fru-mini, fru-mami, flex-mami. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. Drum roll, please, Flex. Climate change. Yeah. It's time that I came back and brought it up to the table. Climate mm. change. Don't it go anywhere. It is spooky and people aren't really talking about it as much as they should. Like, it's getting worse, everyone. Almost weekly. Yeah. This is what I like and to And I call. know you're getting bored of hearing it. Doomsday clock, ice caps melting, but like it's actually, it's detrimental. So let's have a think about the law of acceleration really quickly. Yeah. I think we talked about this last week. Mm. There is a concept in AI. This will get back to the climate crisis, but just to make it a bit more interesting, in AI, there's a thing called the law of acceleration. What that means is we make one bar of progress and then another bar is added and as each bar is added, the bars 
become bigger and faster. Yeah, like it, it Two, doesn't four, multiply. Eight, it doesn't add. It compounds. Compound interest. Yeah. It's a whole other there topic that we should talk about as women in STEM. So essentially, I'm pretty sure climate change is the same thing. Like yeah, one well, little the, effect. Is, the canoe tipping theory is a, a good one for climate change. You've heard of that one? the same as the trigger in the law of acceleration with AI, which is yep. that once it hits the level of human intelligence, exponential in a way that we could never comprehend. Yeah. I saw a news article the other day that China had recorded a temperature of 52.2 Which Celsius. is insane. Never before seen. It's like, it's very worrying. Record breaking. And it got me thinking, like, I swear about a year ago or maybe less, all the people in Extension Rebellion. Extinction Rebellion. Thanks, Queen. Mm-hmm. Were throwing the soup and stuff at yes. the paintings. Also, not damaging the paintings because they have a little tiny Perspex box against them. They got it. Where's that energy gone? Ooh, they all got arrested. <laughs> I mean, like if I had if I had less to lose, I'd be getting up and. <laughs> I mean, I won't, but I feel like someone in the room definitely needs to do something about this. Definitely comes back to the fact that, as you said, or as we're trying to infer, it, it can't be one, two, three, ten people trying to do change for everyone. It's a considered community effort, but I often think that what needs to happen is too much for the individual to comprehend. And also, I think that we do a very good job of neutralising extremes in our society. We do what we can to make everything feel normal so we don't feel too uncomfortable. So lockdown was a great example of that. It was the most absurd thing when it first got announced and then by week one we're policing each other because (laughs) we want to feel comfortable with our reality. So the sooner that we assimilate and the sooner that we just get on with it, the better we'll feel feel and that's usually the priority Mm. I also think that like you say about comfort we don't like thinking about death and it's nice to just think oh my god today I'm going to eat Nando's like that's going to be what I'm thinking about not the fact that like looking at climate change is essentially looking at all of our morality which is that even if that does happen we're all going to die anyway which perhaps is like hopeful Mm. I think the Barbie movie's got to my head I was driving the other day along uh, Sir Thomas Mitchell Road, if you're familiar, and I was at the lights. I was in the right lane looking at about seven cars in front of me. I had this moment of lucidity where I was like, are the people in front of me people or cars? Like, am I seeing these cars as disembodied Mm. vehicles or am I seeing the people inside? And I thought, you know, I have been prone in the past to road rage. Just comes naturally. Really, actually, which I that find I'm, very surprising. Really? I'm always surprised when people express anger. I think it's like so cool. You're in touch with your emotions like that. Well, yeah, for a long time I wasn't. Bring back road rage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's like an inability to emotionally regulate. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's probably where it comes out. So I'm really trying to work on that. But I realized I really don't think of the people that are inside the cars. I literally judge you. Like I noticed this because I saw someone in the car that I drive mm. and I automatically thought there'd be a certain type of person. But then I'm like, Ooh. wait, that's me. Wait, so, okay, so. I was like, this is a grandma car, like a sporty grandma. And I was like, wait, but that's me. Whoa. It was a moment of depersonalization. Lucidity, really. for real though. Yeah. Oh, Lucinda with lucidity. Yeah, that's odd. To your point though, I often think about the people in cars, but to avoid interacting with them. Like one of my least favourite car feelings is when someone's driving right next to me 
Yeah, like one ew. of us needs to slow ew. down or speed up, please. It's worse than walking. Or when you catch someone looking at you when you're behind them and you catch their eye in their <laughs> yeah, rear view mirror. And I'm like, I don't know if you can actually see me, but stop that. <laughs> or like when you're both at a light and then you can tell someone's looking at you. Get those beady eyes. And my windows are down. The windows are coming up. Please, <laughs> this is a safe space. I'm in my private <laughs> chamber. Why are you trying to interact? So, yeah. When I was younger, I definitely caught attention. Oh. Windows down. Music like up. positioning the, ang- the angle of my chin a certain way so as to be the most snatched. I got over that. I'm not talking to you. I'm so <laughs> grateful that you would share this so candidly on national radio. You are a brave woman. <laughs> and it's thankless. <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.